When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. ES Audio. From the Evening Standard in London, I'm Rachel Abbott and this is The Leader. Today we're giving you some bonus content taken from our business show, How to Be a CEO. It's an opportunity to hear from the most powerful people behind some of the world's biggest brands. This is actually a cut down version of the full episode. To hear the full thing, you'll need to hit the link in the show notes. Find a new episode of How to Be a CEO every Monday morning. And why not give it a rate, review and follow whilst you're there. Now, let's begin. You hear a lot of different stories these days about the way CEOs become and remain successful. But have you ever heard one where the CEO fired themselves to boost their business? It's had a profoundly positive impact on the results of the business and it's had a profoundly positive impact on the actual working environment that we have as a business. Sam White is founder and now chair of Freedom Services Group in the UK and founder and CEO of Stella Insurance in Australia. When she decided to take the plunge and become her own boss in her early 20s, she found herself dealing with sexism and criticism on top of competition in a hugely male-dominated industry. I just couldn't get funding. You know, banks would just not take me seriously. I couldn't get investment. This is a story all about dealing with put-downs, going against the status quo, and finding a new way to run your business based on your strengths. It's okay for me to say that my strongest suit is not necessarily leading teams. I'm John Weeks from The Evening Standard, and this is How to Be a CEO. Since starting her first business at the age of just 24, Sam has made a name for herself, not just in the insurance world, but also by representing the LGBTQ community. Stella Insurance has become the first to offer a non-binary option on quote cover, and Sam has also set her sights on making the insurance industry as a whole a lot fairer. So Sam, I understand you've got an interesting story behind how you got into the world of business in the first place, involving brainstorming in your sister's conservatory. So how did you get started in business? Yeah, it's funny. I was chatting to somebody about this the other day, and I always say I started my first company when I was 24. But actually, I think the entrepreneurial bit probably started earlier than that. Um, I, I I was oh, best described always as a, a bit of a hustler. In you know, at 13, my granddad died and left me and my sister like 
I think it was about £1,500 at the time. And I persuaded my dad, instead of putting it in a building society, to let me buy a car, um, which was a Triumph Spitfire. And I was doing um, a BTEC in motor vehicle technology. And so I did the car up in the garage with my dad and then sold it on for a profit. So I think I was always kind of a little bit interested in how you can make something. I, I always say how you can make something out of nothing or you know, kind of take control of your own destiny in that way. And I think it was the same when I started up in my sister's conservatory. I'd had sort of one job (laughs) and I'd done all right at the job. I'd got kind of promoted multiple times, but I just didn't enjoy working for somebody else. I did not like somebody telling me what to do. It just felt all wrong. And so I, I was kind of like, whatever I do, I need to try and find a way to make money but that I'm completely in control of my own destiny in doing so. So obviously you started up your first business in insurance, stereotypically a boring industry to go into. Why did you go into it? What sort of tempted you in? Yeah, yeah, nothing, you know, I mean, we laugh about this. If you mention that you work in insurance at a party, then people are likely to just leave the room. So it's it's not the sort of thing that people are going to get attracted to. And to be fair, it could have been anything. The issue for me wasn't the industry that I went into. The issue was business in of itself. And I'd love to be able to tell a story now and say, you know, at 24, I knew it was male dominated and I wanted to change it. But but actually, the reality is that sort of stuff came on for me after a period of time, having experienced certain things in the industry and and seeing the things that I wanted to change. But actually getting involved in that market was just by virtue of the fact that that's where the opportunities were for me in in the early days. I started off doing a couple of different projects for different people. And because my first job had been in insurance claims and I had relationships there and people that were interested in engaging with me, that was the direction that I kind of went in. If I'd taken the job in the CCTV company post-university, then I'm sure I would have had a a more heavily lent career in, in that regard. Let's take a break now. I'm off to update my insurance policy. In the meantime, why not give us a follow so you can stay on track with our weekly episodes. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season, when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title 
will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. So Sam, looking again at the Freedom Services Group website, there's a lot around humans really and working with people. I know from personal experience that workplace relationships can be some of the toughest to get right for various reasons, usually around communication. What's the recipe for the perfect team? Yeah, yeah. well, I mean, I have certainly been on that journey over the last 20 odd years. And I, I used to focus a lot on the sort of individuals that you brought into the management team and what kind of skills they had and, you know, how how I thought that they could positively impact the business. And I was missing something that really is glaringly obvious when you take a step back, but probably is a virtue of my own pathology. You know, I had quite a traumatic childhood, shall we say. It was, it was quite dysfunctional. And that, you know, whilst being one of my biggest strengths, the the desire to do things for myself and be independent and solve problems by myself, because potentially that support network wasn't there as a small child, that actually, I think, impacts your ability to create a really good, healthy team dynamic. And I think it's, it, for, from my experience of meeting other CEOs, it's a fatal flaw in CEOs, you'll often find they've got the same pathology as me, which is I can do it myself. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to tackle this. I'm going to take it on. That actually restricts the ability to create a really good, healthy team dynamic. So I've been very open about the fact that I fired myself as CEO in January and I replaced myself with a psychologist. And the thing that's really interesting about that, that I can see so clearly already is that his focus is completely on creating a healthy psychological environment for that management team that should cascade down into the rest of the business. And it's about them moving as a group, like acting as a group. So one of the decisions that they decided to take on a few months ago was that they all decided to be paid the same. So they're all on exactly the same salary. And so the, there isn't a, you know, more money for the finance guy than the culture and engagement person or there's no hierarchy within their team environment. But also if they all want to improve their working conditions or improve their salary, they all have to move as one, which means any decisions that they make have to be team decisions and not individual decisions. And there's lots of little things that he's deployed from a psychological viewpoint to improve what he would call professional intimacy to make sure that they are actually really kind of connecting as a group. And I, I mean, it's had a profoundly positive impact on the results of the business and it's had a profoundly positive impact on the actual working environment that that we have as a business. So You know, I I by no means think that I've got the magic formula, but I do think we've made huge shifts in the last 12 months to kind of really get under the knob of that. So at the risk of buying into your own hype, Sam. (laughs) God forbid. For young people now, perhaps sat in their sister's conservatory, trying to come up with business ideas, ways of earning money. What's your advice to them for being successful? 
I'm, I'm asked this a lot and, you know, I probably come up with different answers on different days because there's so much stuff that goes into growing a business. But I think, you know, one of the main things for me is about action. Like if I can do something now, I do it. You know, if an opportunity comes up, I take it. And I don't overthink the consequences of that too much because I think life is chaos and business can be chaos as well. And people like to think that there's a real order and process to this. But if if you're starting up and you're trying to get some traction, then you need to be very open to where that traction is going to come from. And you need to be flexible about how you how you solve for those problems. So for me, when I was sat in my, con- my sister's conservatory with a, a phone, I was on the lookout for, okay, what else can I do for my customers that is going to add value, that there can be an exchange between us that I'm confident I can do for them? And if I thought something was there, I would do it. I didn't go with a really rigid business plan that refused to change based on what I was actually experiencing. And that, I think, is is the rub for people when they haven't had their own business. Like mindset for me, I think, is the absolute critical piece. If you have a fixed mindset, get a job, don't set up your own business. And, you know, that is my absolute sort of mantra. You've, you, you've got to keep that flexibility. I think that's only going to get worse based on all of the things that we've talked about in terms of the changing environment at work. It's, you know, you're going to be asked to be even more flexible, not less. So kind of get with the programme early and you should be okay. That was Sam White, founder of Freedom Services Group and Stella Insurance. For the best business news, interviews and analysis, go to standard.co.uk forward slash business or pick up a copy of the Evening Standard newspaper. How to Be a CEO is back at the crack of dawn every Monday. Why not give us a listen to start your week? Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.